0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon. Wherever the case may be, depending on where you happen to be. If you're in the West as I am I at 9 o'clock in the morning on a beautiful sunny day here in Los Angeles. And um, hope wherever you are, it is also a beautiful, sunny Sunday. Um, anyway, you're here with me for the next 30 minutes. here on Pet Life Radio. Ask the best with Dr. Jeff, the only live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio. And that means it's live. That means you can call in. We want to hear from you. And uh, yeah, call-in is it's kind of like the old term. I'm going to give you an option to do that anyway. Calling in, it's 877-385-8882. Write that number down. 877-385-8882. Better way is log on to PetLifeRadio.com. Click on Shows, Ask the Pets with Dr. Jeff, and you'll see a link left there by Mark Winter, our producer. And um, you can click on that link and join us live here on Google Hangouts. That means have your pet with you sitting on your lap, just, or if it's a big dog, not on your lap. And uh, let's uh, talk anything you want to talk about. We're here for you. We're here to help you solve problems, help help you better understand a problem your pet might be having, maybe communicate a little better than your veterinarian may be doing so. I get that a lot. Um, You know, someone will come in and um, I'm a second opinion and I just do my normal education. Basically, I like to educate people what the problems are because when they know, when they understand the root of a problem, then they're a more likely to want to, go ahead and treat it. And B, they'll be better at treating it at home, doing it with their share. Uh, we call it client compliance. They become more compliant when they understand the basis of a, of a problem. And also often, so often I get, oh my God, it's never been explained to me like that. So there's something to it. It makes you better at what you do as a, being a pet parent when you understand some of these processes, how they work, why we do what we do. I just think it makes it a lot better. As many of you know who are regular listeners, uh, first of all, thank you very much. First of all, we want to hear from you. You know what? You can do me a favor today, just for that good. I had a great discussion two weeks ago, and it was so open for a conversation from you, from all of you. And we are so people are so embarrassed. So you can either call me, 877-385-8882. Better yet, join me online. But another option you have is just to send me a quick note here to Dr. Jeff, DR Jeff at petliferadio.com. But for the sake of kind of see if, if this works, are you out there? Are you even listening? Do you have? Are you in front of your computer? I want you to log on just to say hi. Just to make sure it works. Uh, we're setting up some of my celebrity clients to come on as guests. And we want to get used to the process because I would imagine that you're going to want to log on then and talk to them personally. How often are you going to get a chance to do that? You're not going to get a chance to do that. So I know what it's like because I do it all the time. But it would really be cool for you to just get so adept at this to make sure your Google Hangouts works, make sure your computer works. So go ahead and just log on to PetLifeRadio.com. Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff on the tab for shows and click on that link for Google Hangouts and just test it out. So I do want to talk about something today, but I, you know, as, in, as you know, I like to go through some of the interesting news stories that I pick up. I just got back from the American Veterinary Medical Association. I was there in Denver Last week it was great, and um, thus the AVMA Smart Brief, a news source that I really like because it really it gives you a lot of up to date stuff, a lot of stuff that are important to us, and things you should know about. Like this first one, here's a good one: Boutique pet foods may be taurine lacking. In other words, taurine is an essential amino acid. Dogs can usually make their own, cats cannot, which is why it's so important for cats to eat their own meat diet to come from meat. But it is deficient in many of the foods. That we are now feeding our pets. And that can cause a condition called dilated cardiomyopathy. And where do we see this taurine deficiency? No surprise, because if you're listening to my show, you know these are some of the issues that we bring up often raw diets, home cooked diets that are not properly balanced, and veggie diets. So, you know, we have learned and we've told you, and I've told you, and I've learned when I was in school that yes, a dog can be a vegetarian. But when we see that there are certain dogs that may not make enough of their own taurine and we are not giving it to them in the meat sources, then they can be subjected to this dilated cardiomyopathy, which can be deadly. So, again, don't do any of this stuff without speaking with your veterinarian. Better yet, a veterinary nutritionist. There are many out there. So I think that's something that's just to you know, kind of keep in mind. What are they about cats? We talked about cats and eating. Well, interestingly, cats we know are finicky. And sometimes you, you know, put stuff in their bowl and you think they like it. You've, they've eaten it before, but now they're just not eating. Does that mean that they're not hungry? Does that mean they're now uh, uh, sort of losing that taste for that food that wasn't something they like? Now they don't like anymore. Well, guess what? Cats like to play and to hunt. So sometimes you have to be a little bit more creative and sort of. Get that food for them to eat, but they have to work for it. They have to hunt for it, and uh, so whether it, you know, it's got to be like a challenge. You can't just can't just open the can, stick it in the bowl, and walk away. So, just something to think about when you have that cat that's becoming a little bit more finicky than normal. It could be that it just wants to play, wants to hunt. Give it something to do. Also, speaking of cats and diets, we know that cats traditionally are not great water drinkers. So, as they get older, we have some problems. Obviously, one of the biggest killer of old cats is kidney failure, kidney disease. And sometimes they're smart enough, they'll go to a water bowl and drink. But what we need to do is we need to actually maybe start adding some canned food. Even if you have a cat that likes dry food a lot, and hopefully they do, you might want to do something, add some canned food to their diet as well. Because what canned food will do, it is but 75 70% water. So it's good for them. And in fact, during the heat, during the summertime, I'm even an advocate of giving dogs some canned food as well. Yes, dogs are drinkers. They'll go out and they'll drink when they're thirsty. But- that may not be enough depending on the rest of their health status. They think it's enough. They get filled, but they may not, it may not be enough for them to satisfy their requirements for hydration. They get dehydrated, and that can lead to a lot of problems. So think about what I like to call mixed feeding, and that is find some good canned food, mushy canned food. Trust me, most of the dogs are going to like it, and uh, mix up a little bit in with their, their dry food as well. I thought this was a really nice story. In Omaha, Nebraska, there were donations to equip Omaha firefighters with kits to save pets' lives. It's called the Fetch Foundation, and the Omaha Animal Medical Group basically donated 18 of these kits. That they're basically rescue kits that will help provide oxygen, resuscitation, how to handle pets during fires. So I think that's really great. That will help save pets' lives. Speaking of saving pets' lives and a lot of cat stuff this week, this is really, really cool. I kind of liked it a lot. There is a new, it's not out yet, it's actually going to be introduced in Japan this week. It's a new high-tech cat litter box that will analyze the urine. It's going to analyze the cat's weight when it walks into the box. So Obviously, it must be sitting on a platform. It knows the weight that's from from the litter, and then when the cat walks in there, it's obviously the box, the litter, plus now the cat. So it automatically tears, or or T-A-R-E-S, that means it balances out the weight of the box and the litter that's in the box. So when the cat walks in, it just gives you the difference. So now knowing how much a cat weighs and uh, other health factors. And then what it does, it's going to send this information to your smartphone. So it's sort of like the intelligent, it's artificial intelligence. It's artificially intelligent cat box that will help you better keep a really close watch on your cat health. Cost wise, it's going to be about 226 bucks plus tax being debuted in. Japan this week, we will keep you abreast of that. That sounds like a really, really cool box. We've talked about this next story. Again, it's no surprise to me because we've talked about this many times and some of the concerns that I and others may have, and that is the service dog situation and the service dog abuse. And I don't mean obviously these dogs being abused. I mean, the owners that are registering their pets as service dogs are abusing a really cool privilege. So here's this guy, David Riggs. He runs a nonprofit in Montana, which connects disabled veterans and service dogs. And I mean, real service dogs. And he's trying to get a bill passed in legislature to penalize people trying to pass off their pets as service animals. And he, he really says something very true. Emotional support and therapy dogs provide a very genuine service, but they are not necessarily service dogs. And what's happening is, there are so many establishments, airlines are changing their rules because they're being inundated with dogs. And the, then it's going to definitely affect the real service dog. So, and there's this great story, speaking of real service dogs, here's an example of a, of a real service dog. And uh, that is a, an Oregon, in Oregon, there's a six-year-old boy who has severe celiac disease. And his dog has been trained to sniff out the wheat and glutens to alert the kid that he can't eat that particular food. And um, the dog's name is Hawkeye. So that's great. So when you have a true, not, well, I think I'm gluten intolerant, or I'm trying to want to be gluten-free, that's okay. But for some people, actually, it can cause some serious problems. And here, Hawkeye is able to sniff it out. There's another uh, story about xylitol. Xylitol is a an artificial sweetener that can be very toxic to dogs it can actually affect your kidney but also what it does it sort of tricks the body into thinking that there's enough sugar and yet it's not usable sugar it doesn't do it can't do what sugar needs to do with metabolic reactions so what happens is these dogs become hypoglycemic sometimes severely hypoglycemic to the point where it can affect muscles including the heart muscle so That's something to be aware of. Any kind of sugarless gum, sugarless mint, uh, sugarless candy, anything sugarless, even sugarless peanut butter. You think peanut butter, you're going to give peanut butter, right? You're going to put on the spoon. You're going to give peanut butter your dog's medication with peanut butter. That's okay. But if it's new types of unsweetened peanut butter that has xylitol, it's not okay. So understand, look, it's X-Y-L-I-T-O-L, xylitol, and um, it is prevalent in many sugar-free products. And of course, we've known this before. Uh, Years and years ago, I was working very closely with the American Humane Association, now just called American Humane. And we knew this from studies back then, but it's sort of rearing its ugly head once again. And that is that a study linking child abuse to animal cruelty. And a number of things we learned, that kids, little kids that abuse animals often grow up to abuse people some of the, the the most famous serial killers known started out when they were little kids they would torture and abuse animals that's a problem but also kids that are um, basically if kids are abused they will grow up and also start being a little bit cruel to animals or a lot of it cruel to animals so these are really important things and the studies have shown that the animal cruelty in adults, is was much higher in kids that were abused as kids themselves. So something to um, keep in mind. Anyway, when we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, well, a case I had that kind of led me to think about this, how important it is to know your pets. And I mean, really know them because what basically what we see when animals come in on norm is more of a broad based norm. So I can have an animal come in my hospital that looks totally normal to me. And yet, owners are concerned about something, and I always listen to the owners. So it's so important to know what is abnormal, to know when you're not, your pet is not doing right. As I say, ADR ain't doing right. You need to know what is right. You need to know their day to day. So even if it's a subtle change, you can recognize it. And uh, we're going to talk about Max when we come back. So don't go away. We'll be back after these short words from our sponsors here at Pet Life Radio, and uh, you're here with Dr. away. Sit, stay, we'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Not pumped about cleaning the litter box? Try World's Best Cat Litter Zero Mass, the litter that gives you two times better clumping and more odor control with less litter. That's right, you scoop once and you're done. No chiseling, no scraping, no crumbling, No problem. Looking for fast and easy litter box cleanup? Zero mess. Try it. You're welcome in advance. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Does your dog itch, scratch, stink, or shed like crazy? Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Pet <laughs> and welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best Dr. Jeff. We have a guest in studio, Richard, who, uh, I get a note, would like to ask a question. Somebody's got some guts out there. So, uh, (laughs) Richard, what what can I do for you? Hi, Dr. Jeff. We have a dog, a mixed breed. He's about 35 pounds. He's about five years old. And when he was a puppy, we used to take him to the beach because it gave him an opportunity. It was a dog beach and it allowed him to play with other dogs. But he got near the breaking waves, and they frightened him. And now he's developed a phobia that he thinks water's going to attack him. So he won't even drink out of his bowl. He'll just sit there and bark. And we have to actually pick the bowl up and put it in front of his face and hold it while he drinks. And we can't break him of it no matter what we've tried to do. And I'm not sure how to get him over his phobia. Do you have any thoughts? So one of the things that we want to do is, is first of all, this is not uncommon. One of my dogs once... uh, was running down the stairs, fell, tripped in the last half of the staircase. Uh, he slid down. And all of a sudden, it wasn't his fault for being a stupid idiot and and rushing down the stairs. It was, of course, the stairs' fault. So so he did not go near stairs for a while. So the whole idea is when you have the case is we have to sort of take little baby steps to entice him to drink. And so what I would do, um, is he eating his food? Will he eat his food? He will eat his food. That's not a okay, problem. So, it's just water. Good. So what you're going to do is you're going to start feeding him in his food bowl his food. And every meal you're going to add, you're going to take away a little bit of the food and add more water. Basically, what you're going to start doing is very gradually, very gradually diluting out his food to basically where maybe in about three, four weeks, it's going to be water with maybe a little broth. Maybe put some chicken broth in it and then less chicken broth and less ch- until he's back to drinking water. Where he knows that that this is going to make him feel good. He likes it. It's tasty, etc. Now, as far as the beach, once he gets back into water, I would maybe when it rains take him out. When you take the hose and and just very gently, not like a one of those air aerator hoses that the water is going to shoot out, but just drip out and put it in front of him. Let him start drinking out of the hose. Maybe put it on his feet against very slowly, and always make it fun. So you have a treat in your hand, you take the hose, you put it in front of him, good boy, good boy, and give him his treat. So basically what you're doing is you're going to gradually desensitize him. And then by the treats, you're going to counter condition him where once again, he's going to like it. Now, as far as the beach, that would take a while. But you might want to get him out in the morning, early morning when there's, you know, no waves at all, a little bit, water. Again, his favorite ball, something to get him that he likes to chase. And, you know, throw it in the shallow part of the, uh, the the waves or there are no waves yet. Maybe even a lake would be smarter before you start going back in the ocean to get him again once. To, does he, will he swim in a pool or no? No, he won't come anywhere near the pool. Okay. So, yeah, that that that's a tough, you know, my dogs, I, it's the opposite. I can't get him out of the pool. But I think that if you had access or just if he likes fetching, Fetch near some puddles. Fetch where you can maybe hose the backyard down or something and have him chase the ball or just play with his toy where there's a little water there and see if you can slowly acclimate him to water. You know, typically when you have these issues, these fear and anxiety-based, it's a long process. You have to take baby steps and you may even need to cheat a little bit and see your veterinarian about some, maybe some medication to help just set the tone for him to relax enough to go through with it. But I think the first thing you do is start watering down his food, um, a little more water each time, a little less. And then when you get to where it's kind of very, just mostly a lot of water with the the food itself and it's chunky, maybe um, substitute the water for some chicken broth and then eliminate the food altogether. Have him drink the chicken broth and uh, just be careful with the salt content in the chicken broth because you want to get the sodium free because as uh, we heard in the news, uh, and I just did a piece for Inside Edition last week, that salt toxicity from dogs that are going to the beach, playing in the ocean, drinking a lot of the ocean water, and not having access to to fresh water can be deadly. And it was in this case of a dog in Tampa, a dog's name was OG, and uh, it died from salt poisoning, salt toxicity. So uh, when you get to the broth part, uh, make sure you use sodium-free broth. So try it, it, takes time, simple baby steps, but you should be able to combat this. That sounds good. Thank you very much. You're welcome. So uh with our little time left, we I, I want to give a, you know, a quick thing. Uh, we mentioned about how important it is to know your dog. So Max comes in and looked totally fine. X-rays normal, blood's normal, his uh, I palpated his abdomen normal, and the owner complained that he was doing some what he thought was vomiting, but in my history it really turned out to be regurgitation, where he would just eat something and then open his mouth and ah, and it would come up like immediately. So no heaving first, and that's the, the difference between vomiting and regurgitation, regurgitation usually means that the ingesta, whatever it is, that's coming up, is usually just still in the esophagus or early in the stomach. It hasn't had really of a chance. The pyloric, the, the cardia portion of the stomach was still open, and the stuff just came right out without any fanfare, without a lot of work. It just bah. So, um, but when we fed him, kept him in the hospital for a day or two, everything normal. He was normal. So we brought him over the weekend, and sure enough, on um, one occasion, I think it was once on Saturday, once on Sunday, he did the same thing again. So we do a barium study. Which is a dye study? We put dye in the in the intestine, in the stomach, and watch it go through. And it passed, but the exit time out of the stomach was excessively long—over you know, twenty-two hours. Normally, the stomach with liquid, the stomach can empty out in two to four hours. And with the normal study, I would say you know four to six hours. But barium was still in the stomach. So now we thought that's weird. It did pass; it got into the colon, but it took a long time to pass. Something's going on, maybe a motility disorder. So it was interesting. We ended up doing an exploratory and thinking there must be something in the stomach because when the barium clump was there, it was there. We took some biopsy samples looking for some motility disorder, found nothing in the stomach itself. Um, he did poop out some really weird stuff. So my thought is that he may have eaten something like a, a cloth and it was in the stomach blocking the entrance of ingesta from the esophagus into the stomach. And therefore, those episodes that they noticed of regurgitation were real. Then this thing, finally, when we did the barium study, it was sort of out of the way. So the barium was getting into the stomach, but it sat there on top of whatever this was. And then finally, it started coursing its way out through the intestine. But the whole process took several, several days, probably five or six days, very unusual. But the key here was that the owners knew that something wasn't right because he had never done that despite all of our normal tests, except when we finally saw the the very delayed gastric emptying from the barium. But they were right. And even one thing to add to our puzzlement when it came to what is going on with this poor dog, we asked him, does he have the tendency to eat things like inanimate objects? And they said he won't eat inanimate, inanimate objects, but when he has a toy or a bone, mostly a toy, he will rip it to shreds over time. And he has taken some of the coatings off of things. And that's when we saw what was going on in the stomach with a delayed gastric emptying, something that looked like the, the dye at least was sticking to, but the rest of the dye was going through. We said, you know, this could be it. And that also could explain some, finally, days and days later, the strange stuff coming out of the intestine. It wasn't anything that blocked. There was never a blockage. It was just sort of maybe somewhat of an irritation. And by its position, stuff that was trying to come in the stomach couldn't. And therefore, this that would explain this dog's regurgitation. So it's very important to know your pets. And the more you know when you bring your pet in for something that's just not right, and the doctor starts asking you a bunch of questions about their habits, the more you know what they do, what they like to eat, what they don't eat, um and that's very important because if we have a dog who's having an issue and never has a problem then we are less inclined to say oh well, he it's not a toy or a bone because he never eats them but this dog it's sort of like ah the light switch went off and we said ah this could be it this he must have ripped apart uh one of his toys and this was the source of a problem fortunately max is now home doing great so um as i said as you observe your dogs make sure or your cats Or any of your pets. Just make sure you observe them very well because sometimes when you see something that we don't, we have to look at it as important. Because you know when it comes to your own pets, you know a lot more than we do. Anyway, thanks for joining me here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets. Stay tuned. If you have any subjects that you are dealing with with your pets, something that you just want to make sort of a maybe a little bit more of an education, a little bit of an explanation. If your veterinarian wants to do something and you don't understand why. Um, Those are the perfect questions for me. If you don't want to come on air and ask them live, you can always get a hold of me at drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And we will will talk about the problem. We will educate you. Make sure you're listening uh, on the next show. But I think it's, it's it's good for you, and it's free. So have a great week, everybody. And once again, if you need to get a hold of me, you know how to do it. drjeff at PetLifeRadio.com. Hopefully, you'll have some questions for me, and we can talk to them about them next week. Have a wonderful week. Bye-bye. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.